0: your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Retirement Matters. I'm Mark Helen alongside Michael Stewart, the founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial with an office in Crystal Lake, Illinois. You can find him online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Or if you'd like to reach out to Michael and the team, you can give him a call at 815 526 3092 that's 815-526-3092 crystal lake is a one-stop shop with a cpa enrolled agent and paralegal all on staff they can help you when it comes to all things financial and any retirement matters which of course is why we do this podcast we'd love to educate you try to answer a few questions and just dive into some of those complex planning topics out there and hopefully have a little fun along the way michael welcome back into the podcast
1: Thank you very much. It's baseball season and golf season, so I couldn't be happier.
0: I couldn't be happier. At the time of this recording, it's Masters week. Now, do you get into the Masters each year? Do you get into the Majors?
1: I enjoy watching the golf a little bit, but especially when you get to Augusta, it's just such a beautiful course that just, your eyeballs just get glued to it. So, yeah, it's a, I definitely, it's a good watch on TV.
0: It really is. I think that's definitely one of those bucket list items. I'd love to get down there. But uh, I know those tickets are just incredibly hard to get. They've got that lottery system, and uh, a lot of families hang on to them. I mean, it's a, it's a hard event to get into.
1: Yeah, and I think if you're a 50 handicap, I don't think they'll let you play.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't anticipate swinging the clubs down there anytime soon. But all that to say, this weekend I plan to put on a pork shoulder and have my pimento cheese ready, and get ready for Sunday at the Masters.
1: That's the way to do it.
0: A wonderful time of year for sure. Well, we thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Let us get into a buzzword today. I want you to kind of help define this buzzword. You've probably heard it a lot. You might have heard it on the radio. You might have heard it on TV. I know there are commercials about it out there. It's the word safe money. You might have heard that, but maybe you don't know what it means. Again, it's just kind of jargon that's thrown around in the financial world. Let's discuss some of those varying explanations of that term, what it is, and why it's important to know what that means, and why it's an important conversation for any pre-retiree or retiree to have with their advisor. So quite simply, let's kind of just start off with, I want to know some of the ways that you see folks coming into your office defining safe money.
1: Yeah, in many instances, individuals, when they talk about safe money, And depending whether it's a broker that they have, a banker or themselves, it's usually more product focused. You know, it's, well, my money's in the bank and since it's FDIC insured, that's my safe money. Or I bought this annuity, you know, that I can't lose any money on, that's my safe money. And even times it's on the full opposite end of the spectrum where people say, oh, wait, you know, these are my aggressive stocks and these are my conservative, safer stocks, which is kind of an oxymoron, you know, in and of itself, but everybody has a different, variation on what safe money is. So I I think it's really how it relates to you. And as long as you're fully knowledgeable about the amount of risk that you're taking, regardless of which bucket of money that you're speaking of. So what
0: about you? What is your definition of safe
1: money? Uh, My definition of safe money really goes into two different areas. The first one is what I call sleep at night money. And that's so anytime we start a financial planning engagement with somebody, we'll go up on the whiteboard and say, well, here, let's just get a quick inventory. These are your qualified, your retirement assets, like your IRAs, your 401ks, your pensions. These are your non-qualified, which is basically, you know, your your non-retirement investment accounts, your bank accounts, all those. And we always start with and say, OK, on the bank account side, doesn't matter how many accounts you have or how many banks you have. You know, what's that number? And they say, okay, it's 50,000, it's 500,000, 150,000, whatever it happens to be. And I say, okay, how much of that money is what we call your sleep at night money or your safe money? And they'll look at me like, what do you mean sleep at night? And I'll say, how much of that money is the money that, regardless of what the bank's paying you, You just like to know that either you can open the app or look at your statement, go online and know that X amount of dollars are there. And it doesn't even have to make sense. You could be living on a $50,000 a year set income of pensions and social securities, but you still want $200,000 or $100,000 sitting liquid in cash, it doesn't make sense because your income's not gonna not come in. But no, I'm not gonna argue with you about that amount. We have other clients that live on $100,000 a year and they have $20,000 as their safe money. So when we talk about safe money, that's the sleep at night money that basically you can access, you don't care about the rate of return, gives you peace of mind. Now that second bucket of safe money, I really define more so less product, is it stocks, bonds, mutual funds, annuities, anything like that, and more about if the market goes up or down, you're not losing sleep, and your monthly income is not impacted. So that means that the way you're allocated, doesn't mean if the account's not going up or down a little bit in value, but that you're not going to sweat about it. And at the same time, the amount of monthly income and retirement you need isn't going to change either.
0: Now, do you find that most people have an accurate understanding of how much safety and risk they have in their own portfolio? I know that we talk about how folks have their own definition of safe money. Do do they know how much risk there is in their own portfolio?
1: Absolutely not. And this is even ones that are working with brokers (laughs) and so-called advisors in that. And this is especially after a 10-year bull run. You know, they've only been seeing markets go up for almost a decade, and they're taking way too much risk. And I'll give you an example. So, you know, typically we talk with clients about, your risk tolerance you know those are those little 10 question fill in the blank kind of surveys that say oh well hey you answered yes or no to these six of these 10 questions so you're a moderate investment and they check a box and throw you in a bunch of mutual funds or something you know some stocks some bonds well we talk to clients about isn't risk tolerance can you tolerate it because that's what risk tolerance is would you kind of stick with it that's risk tolerance we talk about risk capacity and risk capacity is okay you might be able to tolerate it but at this point in your life can you afford to take that kind of risk? That's your risk capacity. What is your capacity to actually take that risk? Whether you're comfortable with it or not, would it derail your financial plan? So I'll give you an example of you know, the last two bear markets that we had from 2000 to 2002, the market lost about half of its value. It took until 2007, so seven years later to get back to where it was in 2000. And then in 2007, with the financial crisis, it lost another 50%. It took till 2013, just to get back to where it was in 2007, which by the way, just happens to be about the same place it was in 2000. So almost 13 years of a flat market, you know, they went up, they went down, but basically went nowhere over a 13 year period. So you may have been tolerant of that risk. Maybe you're still working, you were still 10, 20 years away from retirement, but now that you're in retirement or nearing retirement, you can't afford to have years at a time where you're spent sitting, recovering from losses. So that is really where it comes down to risk capacity. Although you may be tolerant of it, are you comfortable with the capacity to take on that risk? And that's the one thing that a lot of advisors are not talking to clients on right now as they're knocking on the door of retirement. But to me, it's the most critical thing.
0: And to follow up with that question, why do you think so many people are misinformed about the safety of their savings?
1: I put it in my book, and that's why the subtitle of the book is you know, Nine Lessons to Rescue Retirement from Wall Street, is it's really just the Wall Street marketing machine. You know, in order to charge a higher fees, they've got to push into higher risk products and higher risk strategies just to justify the higher cost. That works until it fall falls apart, and then the individual investor is the one left holding the bag at the end of the day. And let me give you two examples since I just kind of gave you the market history of the last 20 years, is in 98-99. If you remember, that was the tech bubble, everything, market going straight up, and the retail technology funds that were launched, the mutual funds to the individual investors, there were more funds created, 98 99 for new technology money to go into for retail investors, and more money poured into those at the exact opposite time. The easy money had already been made. The market was about to crash and roll over right after that. And you say, okay, well, that might be a one-off, right? But then just go back to 0607. Right. The hot real estate market in 06 and 07 was the largest amount of new retail real estate funds for investors to put new money into right at the wrong time. And what's shocking about that is, you know where those bonds, those mortgage-backed securities and other things were coming from? It was the brokerage firms in many instances selling their own holdings to these retail investor funds so they could dump them off of their books because they knew how bad it was. So you know when we talk about people being misinformed the retail investor is always late to the party but wall street and the marketing machine for wall street is always the first one to say hey what's hot now let's come out with a new product but the problem is the money's already been made so in many instances it's just them dumping the garbage on the retail investor you know that's where They have their own holdings and you need to go back to that risk tolerance, risk capacity that we talked about before and say whatever money is supposed to be this safe money, whatever your definition of it is, you need to make sure that whatever goes on in the markets, whatever goes on with interest rates, it's not going to impact your monthly income and retirement. It's not going to change the timeline for you to be retired if you're not already retired and that you're not going to lose a lot of sleep over, you know, the daily fluctuations that's going on. That's how you know if you have the ideal portfolio.
0: Now that we've defined safe money, now that we've kind of assessed the risk in your portfolio as you're listening and you're thinking, well, maybe I do have too much risk in my portfolio. Maybe I need a little bit more to get to where I want to go. Or maybe I'm locked into some of these products, some of these safe money products, and they're, they're causing me more harm to my portfolio than good. You know, if you have those questions, you can reach out to Michael Stewart and his team at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. What does it look like, Michael, to come in and have a conversation with you?
1: Yeah, when you come in and have a conversation, it's exactly that. It's about talking about, you know, what are you trying to do? What resources do you have available? And can we help you kind of clarify that picture for you? You know, and if there's any gaps along the way, our process identifies those gaps for you and says, here's the things that we need to do, whether it's together, working together, or if you're going to do it on your own. It identifies the gaps that you might have to get you for where you want to go, whether that's early retirement, if it's more income in retirement, if it's just reducing your risk, reducing your taxes, whatever your goals are, we define and kind of get all that out in the planning process.
0: Well, if you'd like to start that planning process, if you'd like to come in for a visit with the team at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, reach out to Michael Stewart. Just call 815 Five two six three zero nine two. That's 815-526-3092. Or you can go online to crystallaketax.com. Find more information that way. That's crystallaketax.com. Come in, though, for a visit with Michael Stewart's team. Have that conversation. Get that process started. It's a complimentary review, and you can ask questions about retirement, ask questions about what we talked about today in the podcast, ask your questions about safe money. Just get that conversation started. Get your questions on the table. Come in for a visit with Michael Stewart and his team. Well, to transition a little bit now, Michael, I want us to take a question from the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. always we want to hear from you on this podcast we love incorporating you into the podcast making your questions a regular theme let's take a question now from mary and Schonberg. mary says i'm really worried about rolling over my 401k because i'm afraid that i'm going to do something wrong and create a tax bill for myself how difficult is this to process
1: Yeah, Mary, that's a really good question. Typically, there's two different reasons why somebody usually is going to roll over their 401k. And so one of it is, you know, it's it's from an old job they left either one job ago or five jobs ago that's just been floating out there. And the process is pretty straightforward. Another reason somebody might roll over their 401k is if you're over the age of 59 and a half, you can do what's called an in-service rollover. And what that means is that even though you're still working for the same company, so it's no longer an old company, it's your current company, whatever amount you're vested in, which means, you know, there aren't any handcuffs on there. It was your money that was put in or a certain amount of time has gone on. They allow you to roll that money out pre-tax. So there's no tax issue associated with it to an individual retirement account, an IRA. And the reason that they do this for you is typically if you look at a lot of 401ks that are out there, let's say they've got 30 different fund choices, but you take a look at them they've got 26 different kinds of stock funds and then they've got four more conservative bond or stable value type funds. And the problem with that is even those, yeah, they'll reduce your risk to put you in there, but they'll basically only pay you maybe 2%, 3%. So there's definitely far better options available outside of your 401k, but you wanna keep it pre-tax. So let me go back to the original question. So whether it's an old job or it's an in-service rollover because you're over 59 and a half and you're just looking for better options that aren't available in the 401k, It's a pretty seamless process in many instances. It's as easy as just going onto the website, logging in, And under distributions, you actually just choose that you would like to do what they call an IRA rollover. And by doing it as a rollover, that means it's going to be paid to wherever the institution, the IRA, the individual retirement account it's going to. So you're not going to physically receive that money. So therefore it's not taxable. So it still stays tax deferred, still grows, but now you have a lot of other options available. Now in the event that either you can't do it online or you don't want to you know nothing wrong with either one of those then typically a lot of times we'll sit down with clients at our conference table and we'll just call the 800 number whether it's Vanguard, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, whomever it is we'll just call them and just tell them what we're looking to do a 401k rollover to an IRA, you know, all pre tax, and then they'll just walk us through that process and get everything started. So, you know, ideally it's just a matter of working with an advisor that is going to put you and your portfolio in the position of where you want it to go and where you need it to go. And the rest of it is really just paperwork along the way, you know. So, definitely you don't want to do anything wrong and create a tax bill for yourself. But if you're working with the right individual, they can make sure that that doesn't happen for
0: you. Well, we certainly thank you for writing in, Mary, and as always, we can only get so specific in that conversation on the podcast, but I'm sure you have follow-up questions, and you can reach out to Michael and his team to try to start getting some answers. We, of course, don't want you to have that giant tax bill as you're entering into retirement. Let's now dive in and see what's happening in the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Michael, existing home sales nationwide have hit a three-year low. That's the topic of this week's In the News discussion. Is there a concern in your mind about that?
1: Well, as a day of the recording here, you know, we're about a third of the way through the year. And, you know, headwinds and storms are gathering towards an economic slowdown. Corporate earnings have declined all across the board in all the different industries. Housing, as you alluded to in the article, has hit a three-year low. You know, that's partly a function of slightly higher mortgage rates, with the Fed having raised rates the last few years, and also just flat incomes. You know it's that inflation's rising a little bit, but incomes really aren't. So in the U.S., we don't really believe that we're near a recession in the next three to six months. But we do believe that the clouds are really starting to show and gather so now is the time to actually take a look at all these things so when you take a look at nationwide home sales declining you take a look at materials rolling over you take a look at transport slowing down all of these things are harbingers of things to come kind of canaries in the coal mine so what we tell clients is now is the time to take a look at all these things that are screaming that this economy is slowing down and be a little proactive to prepare before this storm hits. So keep in mind that the market rolling over, you know, when it crashes at the next recession or the next bear market, it happens after you're already in a recession and years of gains can actually be wiped out in months. So we'd rather be a little bit early in making these changes than to be a little bit late. So prepare your portfolio and your retirement income to weather the storm, whether that comes in three months or three years.
0: And finally, Michael, thank you for sharing a bit of the news with us and your thoughts on what's coming up in the markets. Before we let you go, let's get to know you just a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. This is always one of my favorite parts of the podcast. We just kind of put aside some of those headlines and financial talk and just get to know you a little bit better. I don't make up the questions. The producers do. (laughs) But I like where this one's going. I think we can have a good conversation this week. Just know that going into this. What clothes or styles did you wear in the past that make you laugh now when you look back?
1: All right. So the disclaimer is because I'm almost 50 now, I'm 48 years old, about to be 49. And so my teen years were in the 80s. So. I remember, and I still have photos, although I don't show them to our own kids, of course, of uh, wearing these Z. Cavarici high waist, double belt, baggy acid wash jeans. They were all the rave for someone growing up in the mid 80s. And there was also this stint where the guys and even some of the girls, just because it was fashionable, we were wearing what they called I don't know if it was regional or national, but the T. Michael like bodybuilder shirts. And, you know, where they almost like form a V on you in there, but they're oversized. And, you know, of course, we didn't have the bodies to be wearing them, but we just liked the look. So you mix in those V Cavaricis with the T. Michael bodybuilder shirt, and you really had a look. You know, it may not have been a great look, but at the time, we all thought it was.
0: <laughs> it was a look of some sort. Man, you could have walked straight onto the set of Saved by the Bell.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they were probably on the very back end of that trend. So, you know, we were on the front end, so you know, we were rocking it. You t- made it
0: cool. Thing. You started yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely They are oh, just, just followers
0: <laughs> It's always cool to see too What trends are coming back I was recently talking I was doing a 5k recently And folks at the 5k were wearing fanny packs Where that's a thing Again, somehow the fanny pack has come back And is now cool again So who knows, your style might cycle back around
1: Yeah, well, I can't wait till the NBA goes back to those short shorts,
0: (laughs) Some of those things are just, uh, some of those traditions are meant to go away for good. Oh, boy. Well, thank you, Michael, as always, for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate your wisdom, and we hope to talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one, Mark. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Retirement Matters. you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation, and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies LLC are not associated entities.